Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord this, this, this morning, <laughs> this evening, amen, Wednesday, <coughs> excuse me, Wednesday evening Bible study. Glad to, to be before the Word of God again um, on this day. Uh, we praise God Wednesday, um, August, whatever it is, 26th. Um, we're going to have Bible study tonight, um, but um, before we before we do, um, you know, I just have to stop a moment because here we are um, as we get ready to get out of the month of August, and what has <clears throat> and what has no matter where you are <clears throat> rich man poor man somewhere in between rich woman poor woman somewhere in between this year of 2020 has to be um one of the worst years in the history of the world i mean it's, it's just really been at least as far as my experience has been and i think a lot of people feel that way this has been a year that just has been relentless in um, its um, negativity yes. and its grip yes. um, on society, on the globe. Um, and certainly uh, something bigger than what we see is going on, um, which again is why we as people of faith have to remain grounded in the word of God. Um, and we sit here today on this Wednesday um, and we find ourselves again dealing with an officer, a white officer, but we're going to call it plain, yep. a white officer shooting a black man, an unarmed black man again and you know it is it's it's past the tipping point um it's reaching a boiling point yes and it concerns me and i think it should concern a lot of people about where things may be headed um because plain and simply folk are fed up yeah um you say, well, this is Bible study. Yeah, Bible study is life. We're people of God who live in this world, and we need to speak the truth about what's going on around us, not tippy-toe, not sugarcoat, not try to hide behind platitudes and rationalizations and all of that. People are fed up. Yep. Um, and we, we yet keep finding ourselves in this situation and um, things are going to have to change and they will yes. because um, there is a resolve that is building with every injustice that is occasioned um, upon the black community, upon black men, upon uh, minorities. Um, enough is enough and it needs to stop. Yes. Um, there's a lot going on right now. I mean, um, all the NBA games tonight are 
canceled. The players are refusing to play. Hats off to them for that. Mm -hmm. um, they're saying, you know, there's so much going on that's bigger than a basketball game, even playoff basketball games. And, you know, they have the support of the league and also of the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best teams in the league. And their ownership has been one of the more progressive ownerships in sports. And they're fully behind it as well uh, with this recent shooting taking place in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And so Milwaukee Bucks in particular speaking out on this as well and saying enough is enough. Yes, yes. Um, you have the Milwaukee Brewers in baseball and the Cincinnati Reds who are supposed to play tonight. They're not playing tonight. Other uh, baseball teams are talking about not playing tonight um, because there's something bigger than sports. There's something bigger than our recreation, bigger than our careers, bigger than our aspirations, bigger than our to-do lists that is going on right in our midst. And would to God that we all would take a stand and say enough is enough, that I'm yes. not going to do yes. my normal thing um, because something has to give. Yeah. And so as we come to Bible study tonight, we come in the context of what's going on in this world. And what's going on this in this world is it's an evil that has to be confronted for what it is. And it needs to stop. And it needs to stop being justifications and excuses being made. Amen. Especially Amen. when we're the ones, and I'm saying we as the black community, are the ones that have to always be on the receiving end mm -hmm. of the brutality. No. No excuses. No justifications. Um... And I would, though, that people of all shades, and especially those, um, you know, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, whatever, would look at this through the lens of humanity. Amen. Amen. Right? We talked about it with George Floyd. That was inhumane. Yes. You know, um, I was... You know, we joke sometimes about how I like to watch old westerns and gun smoke and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, I thought about something today in thinking about gun smoke and all the rest of that. And, you know, whether this is true or not, or whether this was just some creative license taken by the writers of most of these westerns, there are two things, though, that supposedly in what at the at the time right in the early days was a code people lived by mm -hmm. one was you didn't shoot an unarmed man that's right <laughs> that was one of the codes mm -hmm. you didn't shoot an unarmed man and if someone did shoot someone and they thought they were armed but found out they weren't armed they knew i'm going to jail yeah because they knew that's something you don't do in fact, if someone didn't want to get into a gunfight with you, they would take their gun off and throw it away because they would know something. You can't shoot me now. It was a cold. You don't shoot someone who's unarmed. And this is just in the, in the wild, wild west. So think about that. The wild, wild west had a better code than some of these police departments today. Jesus. The wild, wild west. They knew we don't shoot an unarmed man trained so-called trained police officers somehow didn't get the memo mm -hmm. 
doesn't make any sense. The other thing in these Westerns that we see is it was a cowardly thing yeah. to shoot a man in the back. Yeah. Right? If you if you accuse someone of shooting someone in the back, they would take offense at that because they know you were questioning, you were calling them a coward. You didn't do that. Right. What did we see? Trained officers shooting someone in the back. See, this is the problem. There's, there's even, even the Wild Wild West knew these are two things you didn't do. You didn't shoot an unarmed man and you didn't shoot somebody in the back. Yeah. 2020 police officers do the same, do both of those things in America. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Don't give me some justification. There's no justification for it. And so we sit here and it's, we need to keep praying, but we also need to keep searching our own soul and asking ourselves, you know, what can we do? Right? Mm -hmm. in, in whatever ways, right? Because um, we all have the ability to do something. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we have an opportunity to, to speak and we're going to speak. We have an opportunity to write. We're going to write. Amen. You know, we have an opportunity to put our hands to the work. We're going to put our hands to the work. And so it's, it's against a, a very troubling backdrop that we find ourselves in Bible study tonight, looking unto the Lord, but can't ignore what's going on around us, amen, and, 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 and act as if we live in some bubble. We don't. We amen. live in this world, right. and we need to look as people of God to affect this world for the better, amen. Mm -hmm. um, but we can't do it if we don't acknowledge we have a problem in the first place, and we have a problem, amen. Yeah. And it's been going on for a long time, and it needs to stop. Um, it needs to stop. But anyway, we're going to have Bible study tonight. We're going to go back to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, um, where we were last week. Last week, we took a look at verses 16, 17, and 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. And we were talking about, you know, the way God wants us to live. And tonight, amen, we're going to take a look at verse 19. Uh, verse 19, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and it says, um, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. And that's in the New Living Translation. King James Version says, quench not the Holy Spirit. Amen. 1 Corinthians 5 and what? 1 Thessalonians. Oh, you just said Corinthians. I did? Yeah. Well, that was a test. I see if y'all are listening. First of all, I don't know if I really said that or if you were listening. You said that, but we'll go back on the tape and see who was right. But um, if, if if I said First Corinthians, then that was testing y'all to see if y'all were listening. Last week, you should have known we were in First Thessalonians. <laughs> but we're in First Thessalonians, chapter 5. Yeah, because verse 16, 17, and 18 there said, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. And verse 19 says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. And again, that's in the New Living Translation. King James Version says, quench not the Spirit. And so we're going to look at that tonight, quench not the Spirit. Uh, and again, we're talking about how God wants us to live. As we're looking at um, some of 
the advice of the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, um, 12 through uh, 22. Uh, but tonight we're just going to look at verse 19, right? Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. So let's pray tonight and then we'll get into the Word of God. Father, we bless you, God. Yes, and Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord, as we continue to look to you for help. The scripture says we will lift up our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. And Father, we ask for your help tonight. And Father, we just ask for your guidance, your leading. We ask for your peace, your strength, and the impartation of your wisdom. Father, yes. speak from heaven. Yes. Bless us to hear you clearly here on earth. And Father, let us take the word and run with it, O oh God, applying it to our lives, that Father God, that we may glorify you as we continue to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of yes, God. Father. Father God, we just uh, submit everything to your will now. And Father, we humble ourselves under your hand. We pray that you'll have your way. And Father, we bless you for it. God, I ask you now to empower me by your spirit. Use me for your glory. Yes, Thank Father. you for the privilege and the honor of speaking forth your word. Um, and we give you praise for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So looking at at, at uh, First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't use the word quench that often. No. Um, you know, the King James Version says, Quench not the Holy Spirit. And many times we talk about quenching in... in quenching a thirst right yes. mm -hmm. you know that water can quench your thirst soda <laughs> lemonade whatever right and um you know that it can quench your thirst um when you know we talk about quenching the holy spirit or stifling the holy spirit you know it's really talking about suppressing the holy spirit keeping yes. the holy spirit from operating in our lives and as children of God we have the Holy Spirit we know that there is God the Father God the Son and in and, and God the Holy Spirit and as believers we have the Holy Spirit and we're given an instruction by Paul to not stifle the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. um, you know, when Jesus was talking to the disciples right before he was ascended un, uh, into heaven after he was resurrected, um, he said that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yes. So the Holy Ghost is, is a promise of God given unto us to empower us to live according to the will of God. Yes. As believers, we all have the power to live according to the will of God. And that power that we have is not willpower. It's Holy Ghost power. Amen. But we have the ability which is an amazing thing because the Holy Ghost power, if, if, if we consider the Holy Ghost of being a person of the Trinity, and I don't want to say the third person as if there's an order necessarily, right? But right. there's three and he's a person, you know, he's one of the uh, uh, 
persons of the Trinity, right? If you know and, 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 and understand that the Holy Ghost is God, mm -hmm. then we have the power of God on the inside of us. And I wonder, first of all, just stop there for a second, how many of us take time to appreciate that? Mm. That on if you're a born-again believer, on the inside of you, the power of God resides. Yes, yes. It's so, you know, so many times, oh, we need God's power. We need God's power. And I wonder how many times heaven responds by saying, you have it already. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because God lives on the inside of us. What? <laughs> know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. We have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. Yes. We have the power of God living on the inside of us. And even though we have the power of God living on the inside of us, and there's no greater power in the universe, mm -hmm. we are yet told, don't quench that power. Don't extinguish it. Right. It's an amazing thing that we have the greatest power that could ever be living on the inside of us, and yet we have the ability to make that power of no effect. Yep. And it's because, not because we're stronger than that power, mm -hmm. it's because for that power to be activated in us, we have to cooperate with it. <laughs> and yes. if we don't cooperate with it, the power doesn't kick in. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So we're told, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't suppress it. How can we suppress it? By not cooperating with him. Yes. By engaging in sin and bad habits. Right? Yes. By not obeying. Um, we have that ability. But Paul says, don't do it. Don't yes. stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't suppress his power operating in our lives. Now, I have to say this, too, as we go along. When we think about not quenching the Holy Spirit, let's not be selfish. What I mean, let's not just think about it from our own point of view, because I believe it's a it's a admonition from Paul that is applicable to ourselves personally and to others. What I mean, meaning I shouldn't quench the operation of the Holy Spirit in me. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't quench the operation of the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. Right. So in other words, don't quench the operation of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, whether that's you or somebody else. Right. And sometimes people will quench the operation of the Holy Spirit in somebody else by saying, for example, oh, don't take all that. But they're operating in the spirit. They're following the leading of the spirit and the prompting of the spirit and they're obeying the spirit. But there could be another believer over here who thinks, well, that's not necessary. Right. And now they'll do something to interfere with the spirit operating in and through that person. And Paul is saying, don't do that either. Right. Mm -hmm. So in other words, don't quench the spirit wherever it's operating, whether it's in you or in somebody else. So let's think about this. We have the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, we've talked about this many times before. The Holy Spirit leads us by promptings, right? right? Mm -hmm. Suggestions, ideas. Um, it's a, um, he operates with a still small voice. We know it from, um, from, uh, 
First Kings 19, where um, it talks about when God spoke to Elijah on the mountain after the earthquake, after the fire, after the wind, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There was a still small voice. Yeah. Um, so the Holy Spirit doesn't yell and scream at us. Right. He lives on the inside of us, but it's a quietness. Mm -hmm. It's a prompting. It's a still small voice. Um, Oswald Chambers, um, many of you may have read or read Oswald Chambers. You know, he, he uh, my utmost for his highest. That is his, you know, mm -hmm. seminal devotional, right? My utmost for his highest. Oswald Chambers once wrote that, that the that the voice of the Holy Spirit is as gentle as a summer breeze, mm -hmm. right? It's not something that's going to blow you over. It's not something. It's he's not going to yell and scream at you. The Holy Spirit is not going to stomp his feet. He's not going to fold his arms and hold his breath until you do what he says. And he's not going to you know be like the Wizard of Oz with all this smoke and everything coming from behind the curtain. It's going to be a still small voice. Mm -hmm. Right, it's going to be a still small voice, which goes back to some of the things we've been talking about for weeks, and that is being quiet before God, finding a quiet place in God, right? Getting to a place where you can uh, get alone with God and spend yes. time with Him because you got to block out the noise. We've been talking about all the noise that's around. Yes. See, if you're going to need, to, if you want to hear the Spirit, right? There needs to be a quietness within you, and there's times where you got to get to a quiet place, you know, where you block out the external noise as well right. so that mm -hmm. we can hear this still small voice, these quiet promptings, this voice that flows as gently as as a summer breeze. Um, and so quench not the spirit. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Why is that so important? Because the Holy Spirit does a couple of things, a few things, many things. The Holy Spirit guides us. Mm -hmm. Right? He'll guide us in the paths that we should go. He leads us in the directions that we should go. Um, and, and we often say he leads and guides us into what? All truth. All truth. Mm -hmm. Right? So it, why is that important? Because the truth <laughs> makes us free. Mm -hmm. And so the Holy Spirit is leading us to freedom. The Holy Spirit is leading us to liberty. In fact, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Right? right? The Holy Spirit leads us there. He guides us there. The Holy Spirit is also a teacher. He teaches us. Mm -hmm. And he helps us to understand the word of God. Right? Paul said what? That we don't understand the spirit of, we, you know, we don't understand the spirit of a man except for the spirit of a man. And we don't mm -hmm. understand the spirit of God except by his spirit. Right. So we can't understand God. Right? Mm -hmm. Who is spirit. Jesus said that in John 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. How do how are we going to understand God who is spirit? Right. Except by the spirit who will reveal all things unto us. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. He teaches us. He guides us. He leads us. Um, he also reminds us. Mm -hmm. Right? Jesus told the disciples at one point, don't worry about what you're going to say. Right? Right? The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the appropriate time. The Holy Spirit will remind you of things that I have taught you because he won't speak of his own. Yes. 
He'll only speak what he hears. And so mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit will remind us of things that God has said unto us, remind us of scriptures that we've read, remind us of teachings that we have received. Um, the Holy Spirit would also comfort us, right? Uh -huh. Jesus talked about that, I, I, that he would leave a, a comforter, another comforter right. for us. So the Holy Spirit comforts us with the comfort of God. Um, so when we talk about the Holy Spirit and, and the operation in our lives, he leads us, he guides us, he teaches us, he reminds us, he comforts us. Um, all good things. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Here's another good thing that might not sound like a good thing, but it is. He convicts us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. He convicts us of sin. He lets us know mm, that wasn't right. Amen. You know, sometimes we may try to justify our conduct or whatever, and the Holy Spirit will let us know, uh, no, no, that contradicts the word of God. Amen. Amen. He will convict us as he has a convicting ministry. Now, how many of you know we need to be convicted of sin, right? Yes. So that we don't accept it, make excuses for it, allow it in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, he has that ministry in our lives as well. And then we also talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers us, right? We do have power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon us. Um, and, you know, and Paul says in Romans, I believe it's Romans 8 and 11, where he talks about that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it's that same Spirit that dwells in us. Yes. That will quicken our mortal bodies. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so our mortal bodies are quickened or made alive by the same Spirit, the yes. same powerful Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Amen. And so we have an awesome power in these earthen vessels of ours. And so the question then becomes, well, if, if, if we as Christians have all this power, then why aren't we doing more with it? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. But it's not God. We need to look to ourselves. Right. Right. And the reason why is, 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 as we were saying earlier, we have to cooperate with the Spirit. Yes. We have to walk in a lot. How can two walk together? Except they be agreed, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to we have to be in agreement with the spirit and walk with the spirit. And it's an amazing thing how how I know we have this saying. Well, I don't say we have this saying, but there's this saying, right? I don't even understand what it means. I'm running for my life. Oh yeah. And people in in, in like old time church. I, I, I don't mean to insult anybody, but I usually hear that around older older than me mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know until i'm running from my life i don't know what that means but i i know that in the bible especially in the new testament most of the most of the travel with god is described as a walk <laughs> you know what i'm saying we walk by faith not by, not sight, by sight right if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit that's scripture we walk, right? And so, as we walk with God, we got to be in agreement with them. The race. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they, I guess there's some running of the race. <laughs> but um, I know when it comes to, to walking with God, mm -hmm. they kind of say, right, you got to walk before you run. Glory <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to God. Um, and, and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe we're running first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Glory to God. <laughs> Walk before you run. Amen. But but the bottom line is to me, whether you're walking, running, crawling, doing backflips or whatever, you got to be doing it in agreement with God. Amen. If the power of God is going to infuse you, I like that infusion. I got some infused water right here, <laughs> right? Got some water, got some lemon, got some lime. In. They call it infused water. What does that mean? It's like fancy. It's like, to me, if, if it's just me, I go, I got some lemon in my water. But no, <laughs> it's infused water. But what that means is that it's in there, yes. right? And it's mm -hmm. it is flavoring that water and everything else. See, we want to be infused with the power of God, right? Right? Mm -hmm. Um but in order to, to experience that, we have to quench not the spirit. We have to cooperate with the spirit. Now, you and I were talking earlier, just, and I just want to spend a second on this. But we were talking earlier this morning. I had asked you a question. <laughs> but we were talking about the tarrying for the Holy Ghost. Right. You know, because I think it's important, and I'm just going to say it out front. If you're saved, you have the Holy Ghost. Period. Yeah. End That's of discussion. Story. Right. End of discussion. And I know that there, you know, in some movements and whatever, I'm not getting into denominational stuff, but, you know, this whole idea of tarrying for the Holy Ghost. And I know Jesus said tarry in Jerusalem for the Holy Ghost, but it was a whole... That's, that was not teaching that you had to tarry for the Holy Ghost. They did because Jesus was still here and the Holy Ghost wasn't going to be given until Jesus left. Right. So that's the only tarrying that had to be done. And I don't know if there was any tarrying after that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, but you know, if, if, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I don't know where that teaching came from. I just think about how much time was wasted that people were tarrying at the altar for something that they had if they accepted Jesus Christ. Right. It's just a manifestation. Yeah, well, uh, well, let, let's look at this for a second. Just, just, just for a couple of seconds. Let's look at first, first Corinthians. This time we are going to first Corinthians, baby. First Corinthians, but chapter twelve. First Corinthians, chapter twelve. Let's look at verse twelve. It says, "The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body." So it is with the body of Christ. So it is with the body of Christ. So this is what Paul is talking about, the body of Christ. What's the body of Christ? Born-again believers, right? Mm -hmm. So he says, some of us, some of who? Some of the body of Christ are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But watch this. But we all have been baptized into one body. How? By one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. We all share the same spirit. Now, how can you say that if some have to tarry? Because you would say, well, all of us who've gotten the spirit share the same spirit, but there's some people still waiting on it. Can't be. Right. He said we all have it. Right? Why? Because we all have it. If we're saved, you have the spirit of God living on the inside mm -hmm. of you. Right? If you're saved, you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. In fact, and if you doubt that for a second, for any, even for a moment, uh, if you go to Romans 8, in verse 9, it says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. 
if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Now it says, oh, it says, if you have the Spirit of God. But then it says, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong in him, to him at all. <laughs> so what's he saying? If you don't have the Spirit, that means you don't belong to Christ. But if you give your life to Christ, you now belong to Christ because you've been bought with a price. Right. And that price is the, is, the, is the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary's cross. Yes. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He bought us. He purchased us, right, with a price, the, you know, giving of his life, mm -hmm. right? Um, and in doing that, we now have the Spirit. All right. And he said, and Paul said, if you don't have the Spirit, then you don't belong to Christ. Right. But if you give yourself to Christ and Christ has purchased you, you now do belong to him. You got the spirit. Yes. You ain't got to be tarrying and waiting for the spirit to come. Um, and one last place we want to look just to seal this thing is in Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1. And look at verse number 13. It says, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. How? By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. So, so it says here that God identifies us as our own. And it says what? And when you believed in Christ, yes. he identified you as his own. So the minute we said, I believe that Jesus is the son of God and God raised him from the dead and we received him as Lord and Savior, we believed in Christ. At that point, God the Father identified us as his own. Yes. And by proof of our identification as belonging to God, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. He ain't saying nothing about tarrying. When you believed, yep. here's the identification. Boom. Holy Spirit is yours. The Spirit, verse 14, is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So we have the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to tarry for it. So we have it, but so that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But and we talk about all the good things he does, and he leads and guides and teaches and 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 convicts and comforts and reminds and empowers and all that. But for us to receive all that and to operate in that, we have to cooperate with him right. and not stifle the operation of his power right. in our lives. Ephesians four and thirty, in fact, tells us to grieve not the Holy Spirit. Right? Grieve him not. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, we grieve the Holy Spirit every time we disobey God. We grieve the Holy Spirit every time we sin. We grieve the Holy Spirit every time we don't live by the word of God. Amen. It grieves him. Why does it grieve him? Is he like, oh, he's like just so sad because we didn't do what he wanted? <laughs> We didn't do what the Father wanted? No. You know why he's grieved? Because he knows we're only hurting ourselves. He knows that we are depriving ourselves of a better life. 
he knows that we're depriving ourselves of operating in a power that um, we would you know we can't get anywhere else right. he knows that we're living beneath our privileges yes yes that's what grieves him it, it's like when you see somebody who's just squandering their future or making a mistake and you look at them and you're not even mad at them you just really feel grieved yes, for them yes. that they're just wasting their talent they're wasting their potential they're wasting this opportunity and you look at it and it just hurts your heart because yes. you know that if they would just make a different decision or <laughs> yeah. just go in another direction their life can be totally different you ever been there that's what it means when the Holy Spirit is mm -hmm. grieved. He's not grieved like he's mad at us. It hurts him because he knows. Right. You don't have to be struggling like that. Right. You don't have to be defeated like that. You don't have to walk around depressed and dejected and, and confused and all these things. Mm -hmm. Because I'm here. I'm here. Yes. But you got to allow me to operate. You know, Paul said... You know, Paul said that um, that we should not be, we should not drink to excess in wine, right? Mm -hmm. But we should be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Right. That we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit as we allow him to fill us up, but we can suppress him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that, you know, there's more of us and less of him. Right. And that's the choice we have to make. Who's going to be leading this ship? If we're a vessel, who's leading this vessel? Mm -hmm. Are we leading the vessel or the Holy Spirit? Right. Mm -hmm. Are we co-piloting the vessel? <laughs> right. Or is the Holy Spirit in control? Right. And see, that's part of the problem. Some of us control the vessel. Yeah. Some of us believe that we can co-pilot. We can drive this vessel just as good as the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I can make just as good as... I can lead in God too. That's trouble. Mm -hmm. We just got to take our hands off the wheel and let the Holy Spirit have his way. Yes. Right? And let him lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. I love... Um, this is... This is... This is... This is my small Bible. This is... This is my Bible that I have when I was like two, three months old. This is the one I started. <laughs> this is my grown-up Bible. This is the Bible I have now, two, three months old. In the beginning was the word and the word. <laughs> now, this is just my King James Bible that I used to, to travel or whatever. But praise God. Amen. I thought that was funny. Anyway, uh, in, in Romans chapter 8. Now, I want to read this in the King James Version. And many of you know this scripture, and I know it as well. But I just wanted to read it. Romans 8 and 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You hear that? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, you said, wait a minute, I thought, I thought if I accepted Jesus, I do have the Spirit, I am a child of God. Okay. Yes, mm -hmm. but you demonstrate that right. without a doubt by being led by the Spirit. Right. See, there are some people who, you know, you was going, <laughs> he's saved? Why? Because he's like doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. She's doing his own thing. But you can tell you see when someone is spirit led, you can tell not because they're shaking at the right time when the music goes off. You know what I mean? We gotta stop with that stuff. Yes, yes indeed. This is not spooky stuff. 
You know, this is not, you know, when you do this, that doesn't mean you got the spirit. It means you're faking. <laughs> Come on, stop with that. It's just being led right. by a still small voice that's prompting you to do the word of God. Mm -hmm. You can operate like a normal human being, but now you're being, uh, you're flowing in the power of God. Yeah. So as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God, you know, because if you're a true son of God, you want to listen to your father. <laughs> Because you want to be a good son, right? We always say, well done, I good and faithful servant. Yeah, I don't know about that servant stuff because Jesus said, I no longer call you servant, I call you friend. So I'm not calling myself servant. You want to call yourself servant? That's fine. I'm God's friend. <laughs> <laughs> and God talks to his friends. We talked about that on Sunday, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so led by the Spirit of God. But what does it mean to be led? Led to, to be led is to voluntarily submit. Right. That means we don't have to be compelled to do what the Holy Spirit tells us. Right. And so you got to understand, the Holy Spirit's not going to compel you. He's not going to stomp his foot and say, you better do this or else. He's not going to stomp his foot and say, if you don't do this, you just wait to see what happens to you tomorrow. <laughs> He's right. not going to do that. He's just going to prompt us to do what God wants us to do. Right. And then he's going to see if we're going to voluntarily submit. Yes. Right? If we're going to allow ourselves to be led. And see, that's the whole thing. When you say, you know, be filled with the Spirit, you have to allow him yes. to fill up your life. And how do you allow him to fill up your life? By saying yes. The more you say yes, the more you're allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you up, right? And you're voluntarily submitting to his leading. He doesn't have to drag you kicking and screaming because he's not going to do that. He's not going to pinch you like your grandma used to do when you were in church and you were acting up. Imagine, <laughs> man, grandmas know how to pinch, don't they? Man, they pinch you, man. It seems like it's like they had like... A, like pliers in their hands, right? They just, I don't know about your grandma, but I have my grand or my my maternal grandmother. Woo, she could pinch. She would pinch you, and three days later, you still feel the pinch. You just be playing with your friends. Woo, you get like a flashback to the pinch. That pinch was terrible. Yeah, some of them, some of you grandmas out there, y'all got man, y'all got some vice grip. GI Joe with the kung fu grip, and got nothing on grandma when it comes to pinching. So, but the Holy Spirit ain't going to pinch you like your grandma. The Holy Spirit's not going to stomp on your foot, do any of those things. Yes. He's going to speak. Yes. And he's going to see if you are going to voluntarily submit. Yes. Now, Paul says something interesting in Galatians chapter 5. I'm just going to read this in your hearing. In verse 17 and 18, it says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is, if you allow the Spirit of God to lead you, you don't even need the law. Wow. You don't need it. Why? Because the Spirit's going to lead you in the way God wants you to go. Yep. So that's the power of the Spirit. You don't have to remember one scripture. 
in order to live by the word of God if you allow the spirit of God to lead you. Because the spirit of God is going to lead you in all truth. And Jesus says, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy yeah. word is truth. Mm -hmm. And so if the Holy Spirit is leading you into all truth, he's leading you into the word. And you're going to live by every word of the Bible yeah. if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. And you don't have to remember one scripture. Right. Right? Amen. Because you don't need the law of Moses. You got the Spirit of God who's going to lead you in the ways of God. Yes. But Paul also talks about here, though, in Galatians 5 and 17, that we have a sinful nature. Mm -hmm. And our sinful nature wants to do evil. Yes. And our spirit-led nature wants to do what's right. Mm -hmm. And they go like this. Yes. Now, I just want to read something. We're, we'll, we're going to just read it for now, and we'll come back to it, Lord willing. We'll come back next week and pick up with this. But it's the famous battle. <laughs> I call it the famous battle that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7. And I just want to read it. We'll touch on a couple of things. We'll go, and like I said, Lord willing, we'll come back and we'll pick up with it next week. Quench not the spirit. Be led by the spirit. Don't. Yes. Amen. Right? Allow that power to operate. Well, let's look at this battle in Romans 17, verse 14. Paul says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. It said seven, then you just said seventeen. Romans chapter seven. There's, there's no Romans seventeen. I know, but this is okay. Romans seven, fourteen. Seven and fourteen. I'm starting to be concerned about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Romans seven, verse fourteen. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual. And good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Yeah, that Paul says, I don't really understand myself. I don't know how many honest people are out there right now who can say, I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> there are times I'll tell on myself, I say to myself, I don't even understand myself. Like, why do I do that? Why do I allow myself to be feeling this way? Why do I allow that person to always get on my nerves? Why do I allow that person always to push my buttons? Why do I always, you ever do that? And it's like, you don't even understand yourself. Right. He says, I really don't understand myself. For he says, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Mm -hmm. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing the wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's sin living in him that he gives into. Right. He's not saying the devil made me do it. He knows he's giving into it. Verse 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. 
Can you relate? Mm -hmm. Amen. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And again, he's not saying like sin's mm -hmm. fault. He's saying sin living in me. Right. Sin living in me. We'll come back to that next week. But just understand, sin living in me. Sin living in me means that we're allowing the sin to operate. Right. It's alive in us. Because in another place, Paul says, we are to be dead unto sin. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? But he said, it's sin living in me. It's sin operating in me. Mm -hmm. I'm allowing it to. Right? Verse 21. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. In King James Version, I believe he said, I, I, I've, I've discovered a law. When I want to do good, evil is always present, mm -hmm. right? Um, he says, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. And again, the King James Version says, oh, wretched man that wretched I am. Man. Wretched. Yeah. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And just when you thought he had no hope, he said, thank God. Mm -hmm. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And we're going to come back to this on next week. But. Just wanted to read that to set it up because of that battle that goes on. Amen. And Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write more than half of the New Testament. It came through his pen, but it was through the inspiration of God. All spirit. Yeah. You know, all, all scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So, inspiration of God. So, we know that you know, but Paul, you know, was the instrument that God used to write more than right. half the New mm -hmm. Testament. This is Paul writing this. Right. So let's just come off our high horse and don't and 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 don't act as if we don't go through this same battle. Right. Because we do. And I think if we can do that, we'll be operating from a place of humility and honesty that will allow God to minister to us in a way that he can if we try to act as if this is not something that's a shared experience. Yes. Amen. Yes. But this is a battle. Sinful nature versus the spiritual side of us and this clash. I want to do what's right, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it. I don't understand myself. <laughs> Amen. Um, but this is where the Holy Spirit can come in and make the difference. Yes. And so we want to come back and deal with this on next week as we're talking about quenching not the Holy Spirit, not stifling the Holy Spirit, not suppressing the Holy Spirit. But understand, you have the Holy Spirit if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life. Amen? Yes. And we're going to keep talking about how now to allow that awesome power that we have on the inside of us to operate in us more and more on a day in, day out. 
basis. Amen? Amen. So we'll do that next time. But we're going to pray right now. Father, we bless your name. Yes, and God. we thank you, God, for your word. We thank yes, you for God. your precious Jesus. Holy Spirit. Glory yes, to God. God. We thank you for the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of us, who leads us and guides us into all truth. We thank you, God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, and Father, we thank you for the teaching that you have begun to lay a foundation for us uh, in our hearts. Father, continue to do it, continue to minister this word unto us, yes, even Father. in the interim, God, between now and our next gathering. And Father, we bless you and thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, help us, God, to walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit, to voluntarily submit, to be yes, led Father. by the Spirit of God to demonstrate that we truly are children of the Most High. And Father, we bless you, God, that as we do, that we shall walk in power, we shall walk, oh God, with uh, a greater demonstration of your yes, goodness Lord, in the earth. And Father God, that we will uh, bring glory and honor to your name. And Father, we bless you for it, and we thank you for it now in the name. Of Jesus Christ. Father, we're praying now for comfort. The Holy yes, Spirit is Father. the spirit of comfort. Thank and God. we're praying for comfort, God, all over this earth. We're praying for comfort, oh God, for the Blake family, oh God. We're praying for comfort yes, for Lord, all the families the who are suffering in so many ways, oh God. Uh, we're praying for those, oh God, who have been affected by this uh, coronavirus, oh God, yes, who have lost Father. loved Thank ones, you, oh God. God, who are even grieving and praying for loved ones even now who may be hospitalized or even home oh god and, and 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 stricken father we're praying for comfort we're praying for strength we're praying for healing oh god we're praying for miracles god yes, we're praying lord. for the demonstration yes. of the goodness of god in our midst father you told us if we would submit to you resist the devil he'll flee and so father god we we uh, submit to you, God, and I ask you to have your way. And as we do that, we resist yes. every evil force of every kind. And we believe, God, that now we lay the groundwork for the Spirit of God to come in. And Father God, to show us your goodness. Father, we pray like Moses, show us your glory, oh God. Yes, Father, God. show us your glory. And Father, we bless you and praise you as we believe that we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And Father, we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Father, as we prepare to go now, be with us on this night. Yes, Continue, O oh God, to speak to our hearts, our minds, our situations, and our circumstances. Yes, and most yes. of all, God, continue to rule and reign in our lives and in our hearts. And Father, we bless you. We praise you. We're not ashamed of the gospel or to say that we love you. And we give you all praise on tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. We will Look forward to seeing you next time. Um, and the Lord will, will continue with speaking about the Holy Spirit. Okay, until next time, be blessed. Amen. Uh, and we love you. <laughs>